0: Hey guys, I'm back. It's chapter 18. We're going to continue with the Ma- McIvy clan and, and where they're, they're heading. Today. Sure, CJ. Well, we'll let's we'll let CJ take away chapter 18. You can have the next one, Kate. The cows need salt, Mr. Tobias Gillett said. They looks poorly. Let's take them to that river and march it up north of here where there's salt grass, grass. I've been thinking about that myself, Tobias replied. After we graze there for a while, we can turn north, and we can turn south and cross the river. And go and tell the others to turn north. The prairie was deep brown, burned by drought, and it would take thirty acres to feed just one cow. They were more than two thousand in a herd, and all of them lanky after a winter in the swamps and woods. They moved faster than on past gra- on past grazing swamps and woods. They moved faster than on the past grazing, grazing. Drives, clapping the ground bare and ambling on, leaving behind a dust haze that made riding in the trailing wagon a constant annoyance. Both Am- Emma and Pearlie Mae wore bandanas over their face to gain what protection they could from the dust. Sun rays bo- bore down unmercifully from a cloudless sky, creating shimmering heat waves that looked like a rolling ocean surf made of smoke. It plays tricks on all of them, making distance judgment difficult, sometimes blocking out the horizon. cypress stands ahead of them, moved vertically and the horizonly disappearing momentarily, and then coming back like mystic ships with, a, with the masts devoid of sails. The entire prairie seemed to be one giant vacuum just waiting to explode. Men and horses were sapped of strength by mid-afternoon, and Tobias' shirt was soaked with sweat when he rode to the wagon, he said to Emma. "There's was a pond fed with, by a spring at... At the stand over to the right. Pollen over there and we'll stop for the day. I think everybody needs rest and water. The cows smelled the pond and turned to it without being hurting. Which and then the wagon reached the sand of the pond was already stumped brown with mud. Emma and Pearlie May filled buckets at the spring before the castle cattle discreeted it too. Skillet tried tied his horse to a bush and said, Lord have mercy. I ain't never known it to be so hot this time of year. That old sun putting out heat like a wood stove full of hickory. way I've been sweating today, I knows I must stink worse than any polcat had ever been born. <laughs> I can smell you from here, Pearly Mae said, grinning. You, can't, you can not sleep by yourself tonight, else you go in the pond with the cows and wash up some. I think I just do that. Move over, cows, as a comin' coming in. Flies seem to like this dry heat, Emma said. They're as thick here as molasses. I don't know if we'll keep them out of the cooking pot. Tobias dismounted, took a dipper of water from one bucket and put it over his head. If I didn't know better, I'd swear the tops of them cabbage palms are smoking, he said. They look like they're going to catch fire any minute. And if they do, with the prairie so dry, we're all going to be blacker than coon meat. You think we ought to turn back and put the cows in a swamp skillet, said? We'd do that. We could at least keep out the sun. No, we'll move on. A couple of days more, and we'll make the march fly. The grass is bound to be better there. I've never seen this, the flat go as dry as this place. Zek rode in and turned Ishmael Love at the spring. He dropped to the ground and put his head under water. Then he filled his hat and came back to the wagon. He sat by Emma and put the hat back on, flooding his shirt and the top of his pants. Feels good, he said. Tobias said. Uh, To Zach, as soon as we get done cooling off a bit, take a limb and keep the cows away from the spring. There's water enough for them in the pond, and we don't want the spring messed up, too. The sinking sun brought no relief from the heat. I'm a fixed uh, beef beef stew, baked potatoes, and biscuits, and even Frog and Bonzo ate lightly. No one seemed interested in food. Frog pushed his plate to the side and said, is my eyes playing tricks on me, or is something pe- peculiar going out on yonder? I don't see anything but cows and palmetto, Skillet said. Frog squinted. Maybe it's a sweat and dust in my eye, but I swear i just seen some of them bushes pick up and move. There's something out there besides cows. i seen it too, Zek said. Over to the left, about a quarter mile. They all continued grazing, then Zek, There, you see it? There, it's a deer. I heard of a dozen deer stood alert, staring at the cypress stand. They're darting behind the palmetto clumps and coming out again. They act like they want to come to the wagon, Frog said. You reckon they smell Miss Tobias' biscuits? Taint said, that, Taint that Tobias said. It's the spring. I bet you we've done blocked off the only watering hole around here that ain't gone dry. If we have every vermin on the prairie, we're going to come in here tonight for a drink. If in they do, we'll, ha- ha- we'll have more wolves and bears and panthers and cows, Skillet said. Maybe we ought to move on away from here before I get stuck. We can build a whole line of fires around the stands, Farrakh said. They sure will not come that, through that to get in here. That wouldn't help the cows To I said. We could, can't cram 2,000 cows inside one acre of cypress stand. They'd still be out there in the open for their game for whatever comes off the prairie. If Nipper talked for here, they could handle it, Zek said. The sorely mistress, sure, Tobar said. I never knew just how much of the work them dogs did till they were gone. But they're not here now, and that's a fact. We can't hiss- sit here talking all night, and it won't help matters one bit. We best decide what to do and then do it. Emma said, we can't blame the animals. They get thirsty, too, and it's their water, same as ours. We can fill the barrel in the buckets and leave. What difference does it make if we camp here a few miles on? "'None at all,' Tobias said. "'Sometimes you're the only one who makes sense, Emma. "'Let's all saddle up and move on, "'and let them critters out there have their turn. "'Ain't no use of us starting a war tonight over nothing.' "'I'd like—I I'd sure like to be here "'when all the critters come together at the pond,' Zach said. "'That'll be a sight to see. "'I'll bet the fur fly thicker than dandelions.' "'That's their problem,' Tobias said. "'Ours is a cows so we'll go a few miles and stop again.' "'Just before midnight, when... He was relieved from watch by Bonzo. Zech did not return to the camp. Instead, he rode south across the prairie back towards the cypress stand they had been in in the afternoon. There was a full moon glowing, and and far in the west, fingers of dry lightning cut the sky that were followed by dull rumblings. Tobias would be watching this too during his guard duty. Watching with concern, hoping the slender figures from above would not spark a fire in the tender dry grass. There was was what the most feared danger they faced on open prairie. A fire that could move on swiftly as a deer and destroy all of its path. A moon that was magical to Zek bringing a time of enchant- enchantment when all the harshments of sunburned prairie vanished. And was replaced by soft outlines of palm and palmetto. He knew this was a time of danger, where predators roamed and roared the countryside. But this reality did not break his thoughts. On Ishmael, carried him slowly across the quiet plain. There were many times back in the hammock where he slipped from the horse unnoticed and walked alone through the woods, along the river, during full moon, seeing and experiencing a totally different world from that day on. There was a warmness about you on know, winter nights, and a coolness in the summer, and always, and always it made him feel good as if he were part of nature and its night creatures, a closeness that dissipated with the coming of the sun. When he came within a quarter mile of the stand, he tied Ishmael to a bush and walked on alone, moving slowly and without sound. Then he stopped a hundred yards short of the pond and dropped to the ground beside a palmetto. The first forms that visited the stand of deer, and they were soon replaced by the smaller, vague bodies of foxes and rabbits and raccoons. He lay there in the dry grass and watched a procession come with groups of their own. Wolves, bears, a mother panther with with babies, all passing each other without comment, drinking and disappearing again into the night. There were no growls of anger, no warnings to move away, no snarling flashes of superiority. Deadly, natural enemy, seemingly under a tree. truce, understood only by themselves. sharing equally a thing all must have to survive. Zek watched Spellbound, wondering what would happen if Nick and Tuck were with him. If they too would understand and honor this truce, retreat from natural instincts and patiently await their turn, or if they would charge forward and engage in combat to run the others away without sharing. He was glad they were not present at the moment, for he did not want the scene challenged. He knew it was possible he would never again witness it. Time passed swiftly as the strange parade continued, and he'd finally realized he couldn't return to the camp and let his mother awake and find him missing. He got up reluctantly and made his way back to Ishmael. No one stirred as he tied the horse or unsettled him. Off to the right the herd stood motionless, not even the swish of a tail breaking silence. He wondered if they somehow knew no danger would come their way this night, if they were aware of the rituating place a few miles south. He lay on his blanket and used the saddle as a pillow, staring upwards at the starry-peppered sky awed by what the night brought him. He was still awake when Tobias rode in from the herd at dawn. Two days later, they had reached a low plain and stretched for five miles north and south, three miles eastward from the river. There were no trees here, only unbroken marsh, and the grass were taller than the prairie grass and more wiry. In times past, where they had brought herds to the salt marsh and the ground was soggy, and the imprint of a cow's hoof stepped back brick water. Now there were vast stretches of cracked mud that felt powdery towards the step. They made camp beneath the grove of cabbage palms on higher, low, overlooking to the basin. There they drove to the cows and to the marsh, in spite of the dryness, and the grass was bountiful. Tobias near the herd would get salt and minerals here, before... Sorry. Lost my place, guys. Um... Here we go. Tobias near the herd would get salt and minerals here that they were unveiling on the prairie. You figured there was... fishing, length for at least two weeks. The days and nights settled into a dull routine of eating and sleeping and riding guard. There was the diversion of going to the river and catching fish that Emma either fried or made into chowder. The river was there three feet below its normal level, and would mm-hmm. be no problem to cross with the wagon at one same time turned west. At noon on the fourth day at the marsh, black clouds formed a solid wall in the west, and the wind quickened. Tobias watched, hopefully, as the thunderheads inched upwards and closer, and by mid-afternoon, the marsh was turned to slumber yellow by sunless sky. Lightning flashes were followed by sharp, crashing thunder scattered the ergards and herons from the feeding grounds close by the river. All of the men not on watch cut poles and hurriedly fashioned lean lean toss from palmetto fronds. The wind increased until finally the marsh grass lay flat against the wind. The solid sheets of rain blowing vertically like men, horses, and cattle from the camp and plane became invisible. When they could no longer see the herd, Tobias and Zeke abandoned the watch and made their way back to the wagon. Night came two hours earlier than usual when the cooking fire history went up before Emma could prepare food. They huddled beneath the lean, tossing a piece of turkey, and soon, the pounding rain found its way through the palmetto roofs and drenched them. The rain stopped just before dawn, and Daybreak came once again to a cloud of sky. Dubai stirred and said, we needed that real bath. But that was almost too much rain. I hope nobody floated away. We got out of the wagon and walked across the soggy ground, stopping at the rim of the basin. The herd was all there, standing in a, ch- a sheet of water covering the marsh. Looked as if grass were growing by a lake, because the basin was lowland and mucky rather than sandy, the water did not run off quickly, become absorbed, instead of it dropped to one inch cover meaning that way, releasing millions upon millions of mosquito eggs that attached to the grass to mint eggs that would incubate quickly into tense heat and turn into larvae. Each invisible larva would eat and breathe for four days, and after shedding its skin four times, it became a pupa. The continued eating and changed rapidly. Another two days, its skin split, allowing an adult mosquito to pull itself out and dry its wings, preparation for <laughs> flight. No one in the camp was aware of this natural chain of events taking place uh, across the tranquil marsh. My- Zek was at the river alone, fishing when he felt the sting on his neck and arms. He slapped vigorously when he waved his hand back and forth across his face. Skeeters, he mumbled as he threw down the cane pole and then mounted Ishmael. Tobias and Skiller were with the herd, puzzled by the faint humming sounds drifting across the marsh from the north. There they saw it, upward a solid black cloud extending the ground thirty feet upward, moving towards them. As they watched, the other clouds formed in the west and the south. Skiller. What is it, Mr. Bias? Is it locust? I've heard a locust one, but I've never seen one. Whatever it is, I ain't... I got a feeling and it ain't good. We might need some help with the cows. Tobias glanced toward the river and saw Zek enter a cloud and disappear momentarily. Then emerging in a full gallop. He said, I don't know what's happening, skillet, but I think we best get out of here. Before they could turn the horses the stinging came, setting their bodies on fire. Tobias looked down and his legs were covered solidly by mosquitoes. His horse bolted straight upward and crashed down on his sides, struggling and kicking, trying to regain his footing. Tobias felt the breath go out of his lungs for a moment. He couldn't move. He brushed feebly at his body as he heard Skillet's horse whining loudly and start bucking. He also heard frantic bellowing come from the herd. Crowds were bucking, kicking, and, and falling all around him. He raced across the marsh, As soon as the cow hit the ground, mosquitoes swarmed all over it and formed a solid mass in its mouth and nose, blocking air from its lungs, causing the cow's eyes to pop out. As it tried to bellow, but could not do so, Tobias finally jumped to his feet, grabbed the horse, and mounted. The horse spun around and around, snorting, trying to force the obstruction from its nose that gained control of itself and ran blindly. Emma and Pearly Mae were frozen with fear as they looked out over the marsh and watched the cows running wildly in circles, jumping all over the place. What's happening out there? What is it? Frog slapped his arms and legs. Then he said, It's skeeters, Miss Emma. Skeeter- mosquitoes. We've got to leave here right away. Run. Run as fast as you can. I'll bring the horses and the oxen. Zach pounded his boots into Ishmael's side, forcing him to run through the swimming mass as, sw- as swiftly as possible. He could not see ahead, and only he hoped he was heading in the direction of the prairie. prairie. Skillet stopped and looked at the spot where Tobias went down, seeing nothing. He scooped a handful of the humming bodies from his left arm, crushed them, and released them as the bloody, as blood came out of him. His horse stumbled, but didn't go down. Then he galloped full speed to the east. Pearly Mae fell consciously, her short, overweight body crashing into the bushes. And each time, she could hear Emma scream, Get up and run, Pearly May! You have to. The mosquitoes followed them two miles to the prairie until a brisk east wind blew them back toward the marsh. No one was together except Emma and Pearly May, where their bodies were stained too badly for them to even wonder about the others. They sat on the ground rubbing themselves, scratching the welch and making them wit- itch even worse. Tobias' eyes were almost swollen shut when he heard uh, Emma's voice above him. Emma, you are right. Have you seen any of the others? He then sat with her as everyone gradually came together, mutually miserable, their bodies angry red, the horses wild eyed and still blocking butter life. All of them were dazed and they huddled together silently. And Tobias finally said, Don't anybody go back there. We'll stay there. We'll stay the night here. Then I'll go in the morning and see if it's safe. What about the food? We can do without it. Zach hopped off his horse. And threw it up. Emma looked at him and said, "I'm sorry, Zach. There's nothing I can do to help you. It ain't nothing." Mom, Zach said, "I'll be fine within a few minutes. I just got a stomach full of mosquitoes, and they're not sitting well. I swallowed—I swallowed a lot of them." Don't worry about that, Miss Emma," Zach said. "I couldn't work my jaws even for soup. Feels like every bone in my body is broken on fire." The cow's bite said, scratching continuously. I no way they could run away as fast as the horses, and the horses didn't make it. probably hate to see what happened to them. Maybe they got away, Skilt said, but if they did, they'd be scattered all over and we'd have to start rounding it up again. Tobias went back to the wagon, alone at daybreak, taking each step apprehensively, dreading what he might find. Cows were scattered across the marsh as far as he could see, and there were many... Uh, Many cows scattered everywhere. Mosquitoes were still there, but not as massed as they were before. He returned to the prairie and led the others back. Then the men ran into the basin where Emma and Parley had prepared food. They carried many casualties, but the swift deer seemed to escape the death. Tobias looked sadly at the carnage and they said, It don't seem to be no end to the pestilence this thing can bring. Sometimes I think the Lord is wanting us to go away. We've been through worse than this, Skillet said. Somebody I um, mean I don't think the Lord would turn Skeeters loose on a bunch of poke cows. It must have been the devil instead. Somebody did and the book says everything is the work of the Lord. If it is, I hope he gets done soon with punishing us. I don't even know what we have done to make him so mad. I don't either, Skillet said, but I knows one thing. Lord ain't going to keep us around. He ain't going to help us round up the cows. Tobias looked up at, watched watched a flight of buzzards and circled the mud. He said, as "Soon as the sun gets to boiling down real good, the whole place is going to smell pure awful. We better work fast and we get here as far as we can." It took them two days to bring the herd together together again. Some cows have run f- more than five miles. When they crossed the river and headed away from the salt marsh, the path of three miles was was littered with cows. Tobias knew it would take time and the grass and the cows to eat the grass and regain the strength. Day by day they drifted across the land lazy, like a summer cloud, and as soon as the worlds memories faded away.